face right after service. We'll, we'll go right out here. and Levi, you'll get to put that pie in my face, as I agreed to do. But I have to say, I thought the Saints of True Tabernacle would rally behind their pastor on this one, but, but well, that's okay. I guess everybody loves, loves the little child a little bit more than the old man. I get it. I get it. And to have the Grams up here with us again and have our neighbors with us. You know, after three visits, you're just an automatic member. So you all remember True Tabernacle right now. We're good, good to have you guys with us. We had a good time last night and we had a car show, the cruise night, downtown Piney. If you never come to a cruise night, I encourage you, walk around. It's, there's some really cool stuff. I want church to know my VW Bug, the 72 Super Beetle, won best in show last night. Well, it was in... In my opinion, it won best of show. It didn't really, I didn't win an award, but in my, in my mind, it won best of show. So <laughs> it was the best looking car out there, in my opinion. But there are a lot of nice looking cars and, and concert afterwards. So I'm just very grateful. Love Pontiac, Illinois. Love, grateful to be here in this beautiful town and be a part of uh, not only of this community, but I'm, I'm grateful to be a part of, of this community. Grand Glad to be a part of this this beautiful church. Maybe you can go go sit down. I'm going to be a while. So you you got to make a phone call anyway. So go, go, go. I want to eat after church. So go. <laughs> you know, I was thinking as I was I was preparing for for this message, and and you know, there's many titles that I I carry. Many titles that can be put on 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 me, but um, dad is probably the ones that I enjoy hearing the most. I mean, I'm called pastor and salesman and I've been called idiot a few times, but father is one that I, I really enjoy. And, you know, I, I, there are five things that, uh, you will never, never hear a dad, women, you listen to me. You'll, there's five things that you will never hear a dad say, huh, I seem to be lost. I guess I'm going to have to stop and pull over and ask for directions. You won't hear that coming out of, you won't hear that coming out of dad. Something else I found out you'll never hear a dad say, son, here's a credit card. Here's the keys of the car. Go have fun. You, you probably won't hear that coming out of, out of a dad's football. Son, you want to play football? Figure skating's not good enough for you. You won't hear that coming out of a dad too, too often either. Uh, or you won't hear uh, a get a job. Why get a job? I got plenty of money for you. You, you won't, you won't hear, you won't hear that. <laughs> oh, but it's men. This is, this is your day. And whether you have a son or not, maybe you're just a father figure to somebody. I want you to know you're very important. And what this world needs is more dads and more father figures to those that don't have a dad in their, in their life. And, uh, because of that, and I, I, I heard, and many of you might've Remember uh, David Letterman, the f- famous talk, uh, TV talk show or uh, TV show. He used to give a, uh, a, a top 10, top 10 list. And he gave a top 10 list of, of uh, why it's a good reason to be a man. And uh, 10, 10 reasons that it's, it's great to be a man. Uh, number 10, it's because the garage is all yours. <laughs> number nine is because you can go to the bathroom without a support group. Let that one seek in for just a second. 
If someone forgets to invite you somewhere, you can still be best friends. True. You can drop by and see a friend without bringing a gift. I like, I like that one. Uh, if another guy shows up with the exact same outfit as on, you're still going to be good friends. <laughs> one wallet, one pair of shoes, one color for all seasons. No? <laughs> well, I... <laughs> Your pals can be trusted. Number, number three, your pals can be trusted never to trap you with this. So you notice anything different? <laughs> number two, if something mechanical does not work, you can bash it with a hammer and throw it across the room. And the number one reason it's great to be a man, you can do your nails with a pocket knife. <laughs> well, whatever, but I, I enjoy... I enjoy being a dad. I enjoy being a father. And you've heard, heard all about it. About you probably heard it. You maybe know somebody, but I've heard this: deadbeat dads. I want you to know that there is some good news because the National Center for Fathering reports that that uh, f- there is a father awakening that is happening across our country. And I want you to know that that's good because for the past twenty years. Our country has been, been trying to dumb down what dad is, to make dad looking like a, just a buffoon or an idiot. And, uh, but I want you to know that uh, a recent Time Magazine article said, that, said this back in uh, uh, May 22nd of 2000. Listen to this. May 22nd, of, uh, 23 years ago, Time Magazine reported that dads will become like dinosaurs. They predicted that dads will be extinct from, from the fabric of America. But I'm happy with what I see here. I'm happy that I see the young fathers of, uh, of Kevin and, and, and Homer and, and, and Brother Joe, and I want you to know, and Zach, I, I want you to know that I appreciate what I see in you guys being a great dad to your, to your kids. And I'm, in, I'm, I'm enjoying what I see. Because, listen, fathers are important say that fathers are important to our homes we need good dads in homes because fathers aren't dinosaurs we're not going to become extinct we're not i don't i don't care how old my children become i will be a part of their lives i will be a part and i expect to be a part of their lives i'm still going to be around i still want to be a part of what's going on because fathers are needed do you hear what I, what I just said? Fathers are needed today. We need fathers in homes. We need fathers to be great dads and great father figures so to lead our families. So I'm going to preach on a story that you may remember the name. You may have forgotten the story. But it's a story that is so profound that I think the, the very idea of it gets lost in the, in the, the, the miracle that took place. Because there was a little girl that was looking around, but there was a stranger that was holding her hand when, when, when she looked up. But the face that she looked on in this stranger, there was kindness there, there was love there. She heard the stranger say to her mom and dad, you're going to have to give her something to eat, give her something to eat, she's probably going to be hungry. So his mom prepared something. She looked at her dad, and her dad was standing there with, with love and concern in his eyes. And, and she asked her dad what happened. And her father looked back at her and, and looked at the stranger that was standing beside her bed. 
And I'm sure he wanted to tell the story right then and there, but, but there was something that happened there that day, and there's something that took place that I'm sure made a profound effect on her for the rest of her life. I don't know what she thought of her dad up until that point. Maybe he was an out-of-touch dad. Maybe he was somebody that was there. I don't know. The scripture doesn't really say but I know without a shadow of a doubt, she knew after that day that her father loved her. Because men were better at actions than we are at words. I may not always say the right things. I may not always say the most profound things. And my dad didn't either, but I learned from his actions. I learned what he did. I observed how he handled things. And that's what this girl saw. She saw a dad who took action. So I want to preach for just a little bit on this thought. I am your father. There was a song. <laughs> I knew a few of you would get it. There was a song that Josh Groban put out a while back that kind of explains what how I felt about my father and the words go you raise me up so I can stand on mountains you raise me up to walk on stormy seas I'm strong when I'm on your shoulders you raise me up to more than I can be I'm a dad now and I'm a man now because I watched how my father did it I watched how my dad handled situations. I watched how my dad uh, took care of his wife, his sick wife, up until her death. I watched how he loved his kids and, and was always there for his kids. I watched that. So even when dad didn't notice, even when dad didn't think anybody was watching, these eyes were watching how he handled things. And I learned from that because now I know how to take care of my wife. I know how to take care of my kids. I know how to be there for them because several years ago, I was the one watching a man do it. But back to our, our story of this girl who was very sick, and she was drifting in and out of consciousness, and, and she saw the look on her father's face. And, and I always said this, if dad didn't look concerned, I knew everything was in the house. There could be a tornado warning going off outside, but if dad looked peaceful and dad looked calm and he was just sitting in his easy chair watching MASH and nothing was wrong, hey, I'd just go to my room and knew everything was okay. But when there was a look of concern in dad's face and he was looked like, and he's saying we better get down in the basement, I knew something was about to take place and we better get down in the basement. <laughs> but this girl saw the concern and look on her her mother and father's face and, and the words that, that was being spoken to her, just hang on, baby, just hang on just a, a, a little bit more. And perhaps there were doctors that were coming in and out and didn't do anything and, and, and didn't help her any better, but she just failed to get better and she just failed to get stronger. And to her, it just felt better to close her eyes and just succumb to this illness and just succumb to all the pain and the suffering that she was going through it's easier just to close her eyes and and give up but in her moment of pain and in her moment of of trouble her father took action because scripture says that that he took action and he went out because what he did impressed me and i'm sure it impressed her for the rest of her life 
We read in the story in, in, in Luke, Jesus had been very busy. He calmed the raging seas. He cast devils out of the Gadarene. But then we pick up the story in Luke chapter number 8, verse 40 through 42. And the scripture says it came to pass that when Jesus returned, the people gladly received him. For they were all waiting for him. And behold, there come a man named Jairus. Does that name ring a bell to anybody? man named Jairus, and he, he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and, and besought him that, that he would come into his house. For he, he had one only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay dying. Tell me that didn't trouble a dad. Tell me that didn't affect a parent when the daughter was sick. Your only child is sick, and your only child is about to die. So he sought action, and he, he came to Jesus, and, and, and he said, please, you need to come. My, my daughter is dying. And he was a ruler of the synagogue. What the high priest was to the temple, that's what, that's what he was to the synagogue. You can call him, he was kind of like the senior pastor. He had a very important role to play in, in the community. And he cast his pride aside. And let me tell you this. When your child is hurting, it doesn't matter. I'll do whatever I can to help my child. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it sounds like. I don't care what people think. But when your child is hurting, when your child is sick, you will do anything you can to bring relief to that child. Because he was a dad. My, my kid's hurting. My kid is sick. So I'm going to do whatever I can. So we're not told what the mom's name was. We're, we're not even told what the daughter's name was. But, but, but we know that there was a mother that was there. We know that, that there were the, the daughter that was there that was sick. And, but we only know the name of the father. Scripture only gives us his name and what he did. Because he was the one that said, I got to do something. I'm going to find this Jesus. I'm going to find this man who raised the dead. I'm going to find this man who opened up blind eyes. I know he can help my daughter. And the Bible says that he came to Jesus. He found Jesus. He didn't seek Jesus in the dark like Nicodemus did. He didn't look for, for Jesus in the group like, like the Greeks do. But, but he came to Jesus. Because he had a need. I want you to know, if you have a need in this place today, there's a God that is right here ready to heal you, ready to touch you. But he came to Jesus, as sometimes we do, just simply empty-handed with a need. All he came to was Jesus, unashamed, Lord, I need help today. I want you to know if you need help today, you're in the right place at the right time. Because Jesus is here right now. But when you read his prayer in the gospel of Mark, you'll see the desperation that's in his voice. In Mark chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, it says, And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay hands on her that she may be healed and that she shall live. Can you hear the anguish in his voice? Can you hear the desperation in a dad whose, whose little girl is dying? Please, Jesus, you got to come. You got to heal my daughter. She's about to die. The love of a father. The love of, 
of a man to, to his little girl. You see, he could have asked his servants to go, go get Jesus. I'm going to stay with her. Go, go get him and come back. But he didn't. He didn't ask a friend to go. He didn't even ask his wife to go. He took it upon himself. I'm going to go get Jesus. I'm going to go get help. And he did it alone. Dad, let me say this. There's some journeys that you're going to have to take in this life alone. There's some things that aren't going to be in front of everybody. There's going to be some things that, that aren't going to be in sight. But there's some things and some things that we do that are done all alone. Find it interesting. In reading about Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods' mother was a Buddhist. Which I found very interesting. But I couldn't find anything on the religion of his father. But his father took a golf club when Tiger was very little and sawed it off so that Tiger could learn how to play golf at a very, very young age. In fact, if you read about it, he was nine months old when he first put the golf club in Tiger's hands. And his father took him to the golf course when he was, when he was only 18 months old with a bucket of balls and said, here you go. So it was a very young age that, that he started teaching his young son how to swing a golf club. At the age of four, his father started to coach him personally. And when he was six, his father entered him into his first junior competition. Tony, it's very exciting to watch your kid play sports. I get it. I know. I remember when my son was playing football. Go get him, son. Get that quarterback. Tackle him. <laughs> and when he was a man, he would stand in front of Tiger and say, pretend I'm a tree. Now hit that golf ball over my head. You talk about putting some confidence in your son. You talk about somebody that hopes that all the training he put into him worked. <laughs> Knock it over my head, son. Over my head. But Earl Woods, uh, Tiger's father, once said these words that golf should go to church and count its blessing for what kind of quality kid Tiger is to lead him in the next 20 or 30 years. Interesting. I don't know what, what religion he was. But I want you to know that dads, you make a difference in your kid's life of what you say to them, of what you teach them, and where you take them. But it's sad. In the country we live in now, our country's in a mess. But that's because there are more men that are more interested in golf on a Sunday than taking their kids to church. There's more men that are more worried about sports, relaxation, than being the man of God in their kids' lives. I've heard of some that will smoke joints with their kids. I've heard of some that will share drinks with their kids, but not take them to church. They'd rather take their kids to the movies, but not to God's house. But can I say when, das when disaster comes, and it will, When trials come, and they will, 
when there doesn't seem to be an answer, there's a trip that a dad has to take alone. Save my children, God. Put your hand upon them, God. When they go out to school, when they go to work, God, place your hand upon them. You see, my dad, he showed me what real love was. And I didn't understand it at the time. Men, be that man in your family's life. Let them see you. Let them see your integrity. Let them see you praying for them. Let them see, I'll say this, let them see you loving their mom. Did you hear what I just said? Let your kids see you loving their mother. Nothing gives them more strength and nothing gives them more peace than seeing that dad loves mom. So what did, what did this 12-year-old daughter see of her father? What did she think of him? What, what, what was it that she, that, that she saw in him? She saw a dad that loved her kids so much that he would go out in the street and find the help that she needed. Let me tell you this. When your kids are hurting, you hurt. When your kids hurt, you hurt. I can't always fix all the problems that my kids have. But I'll be by their side helping them and be with them, praying for them. I wish I could fix everything. Brother Wilson, I got a job for you. I was told before service that we need to put a rail up here. We don't want nobody falling down these steps. So I was told, you know what would be nice, Pastor? You really need to put a rail right here so we can hold on to it so we can go down the steps. And I'll try and do that. But Brother Wilson, if I can't figure it out, I'm going to call you. So I found this out that Brother Wilson has all the cool tools. I may not be able to fix everything. Sometimes I make it worse. What starts as a small hole in the wall turns into a big hole in the wall. I haven't been always able to fix all the problems of my kids. But I hope they know that dad is always there for them. This little girl, 12-year-old girl, saw a dad that took action in his own hands. I'm going to do whatever I can do to make sure she's taken care of. But she saw a father that was willing to bring Jesus into her home. Dads, we need to bring Jesus into our homes. Our families need it. Our children need it. A great father brings the heavenly father home with him. Because I learned something. When dad's in the house, I found peace. When dad was in the house, there was something there. Hearing that booming voice, I knew everything was going to be okay. And I don't know if I bring that kind of presence into my, my home. But I know everything's going to be okay here, today, right now. 
You want to know why? Daddy's in the house. I feel his presence in this place right now. I know it's going to be okay. I knew when I was going through trouble. I knew dad couldn't fix everything. And I knew dad wouldn't understand a lot what I was going through. But just having him right there. To see that smile. If I could just see that smile one more time. If I could just hear that voice as I walked through the door. Hello, son. His voice was like, hello, son. Dad didn't have to yell at me. He just had that voice that was intimidating with his regular voice. It's like Zach Warren giving the announcements after service. If I could just hear that voice one more time. We need fathers to bring love to their homes, to bring Jesus to the homes. But you see, when this man's daughter was dying, when she was at her very desperate moment, there was a dad who stepped in that was there. When Jarius saw that this could be it, this could be her very last moment. He didn't just simply throw his hands up in the air and say, well, I guess that's it. Nothing I could do. No, he took action. We need dads that can take action and be the leaders that their kids can look up to. I want you to know what this guy did impressed me. It stuck with me. Because see, as a dad, I didn't realize it at the time. I was very young, 30 years old when, when I had my firstborn. To me, at that time, all I had was a dog. That was my child. That was our kid. We took it everywhere. We went to McDonald's. Guess what? Dog got French fries too. But when Zachary was born, guess what? That dog became a dog. I thought I loved. I thought I knew what love was. We had a dog. We loved the dog. But when Zachary was born, I found out what real love was. If you haven't become, if, you haven't, if you're not a dad yet, let me tell you, that first time that the eyes, you and your baby make, make eye contact for the very first time, it's a heartwarming moment. It's, 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 and then the reality, I'm responsible for this little thing. I got to take care of this little thing. Lord, what did you do? But the story of Jairus touched me in a very profound way. Because I don't care if my kids are 12, 20, 30, 40, or 50. If there's desperation in their voice, daddy wants to be there. I know they got, they got a big man that can take care of business now. I don't have to worry about my daughter anymore. But let me say this. If she calls me in desperation, dad's going to be there. I know you feel that same way after having a conversation with you last night. I know how you feel. No matter if Carissa's 20, 30, 40, or 50, daddy's always going to be there for her. All she has to do is make a phone call. I want to be there for my kids.
always. Just as this girl was about to give up her last breath, dad took an action and got Jesus and got him there and took care of what the need was. Dads, you're needed. Don't let the world tell you you're not needed. Don't let the world tell you, Dad, that what you do doesn't matter. Don't let the world dictate and say, Dads are just useless now. Dads are of no value now. Dads are of no good now. Listen, if every household had a father that loved them, a father that was involved with their kids, what a country we would have. We need dads to be the father figures. We need the dads to be the leader of their home. It was just after Father's Day in 2005. Four-time Grammy winner Luther Vandross. You ever heard the name before? What a powerful singer this man was. It was just after uh, Father's Day that Luther Vandross got to sing this song at the Grammys. His father had died a few years before of uh, diabetes. And he wrote this song thinking about his dad and thinking about the time that he had with his father growing up. His father died very young of complications from diabetes, and that's the very disease that Luther Vandross died of himself. And he wrote this song with his father in mind. This was his very last song that he wrote and performed. And I want to play this lyric video for you right now, and I I hope it affects you as it does me. If If you don't have a father with you today, get your hanky ready. have one more moment with my daddy if I could just see that face one more time but dads let's be there for our children they need us they need you amen father stand with me come on up here This is one good-looking group of guys right here. <laughs> good to have all, all of the dads here. Come on up here, young man. Don't be shy. I want to pray for these guys right here. I want, I want every one of these men to know that I love them tremendously. I know this church does, and I know your families do, but we want to pray for our dads right now. Pray uh, that they can be the leader of their homes that they need to be. Father, in your name, Lord, we thank you for every dad that is up here. We thank you, Father, for the lives that they represent, for the homes that they are in. Father, I pray for strength for every one of them. God, that they will lead their families in love, that they will lead their families in truth. God, that you would just help them. Father, as they... They move on. God, I know that they are needed. Lord, let them be the examples that they need to be. 
Let them love their wives and their children unconditionally, God. In the powerful name of Jesus, give them the strength that they need, Father. Bless their homes financially, God. May your hand be upon every one of them, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. In Jesus' name. Sister Allison, if you will come. Don't go anywhere, dads.